Good morning, family and friends. I am definitely not Pastor Brett Fuller. I think you can tell, right? But I am so grateful that I get to worship with you, whether on site or online. Privileged to worship with you. I believe this 845 service is the most passionate 845 service in the city. Leave that. Most people are sleeping right now. You're excited for the Lord. Bless the Lord. It is my privilege to share the word of God today. It is my privilege. Um, two weeks ago, we started to share about stewardship from 2 Corinthians 9, and that's where we'll continue. 2 Corinthians 9, um, verse 6 to 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 9. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Let me pray. Father, we're grateful, this, grateful for this morning, and most of all, we're grateful for your presence, your humility, and your glory, and your righteousness. What an honor it is, Lord. And as Paul has asked the church pray, then this is what we pray, Lord, that when your word is preached, that it is not preached from the wisdom of men, but rather it is preached with the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's what we pray because nothing gets done when it's wisdom of men. But when your spirit moves, everything gets done. So that's what we pray. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Everything we sow will be fairly accounted for. It doesn't matter what you sow. Everything that you and I sow will be fairly accounted for. Verse 6 reads like this. this now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. We're planting. Everything we sow will be fairly accounted for. My first job was when I was a seven-year-old. I know that's pretty young to have a first job. But I wasn't outside. I was in the safety of my house. And one of the things that my mom did as a part-time income or, or side income is she would get these beads, beautiful beads, and she would put it together into a bracelet or a necklace and would send it back to the company and they'll send a check. I joined it. I joined it and I loved it. I fell in love with it because, you know what, because it was fair. Because I always thought finances or my allowances in my house was unfair as a seven-year-old unfair because I'll go to my grandmamas or my aunties and they'll give me allowances ten dollars twenty dollars my grandmama sometimes fifty dollars that's a lot of money for a seven-year-old that's that's a lot of bubble gums that's a lot of bubble gums and I'll be super excited and I'll be coming home and my mom would say give it to me and she would take it from me <laughs> life wasn't fair I'm telling you finances wasn't fair in my home and I would say things like mom that's my money that's not fair and she would look at me and smile and say son everything is fair when I gave you life (laughs) 
Mother's Day is coming soon, by the way. I wasn't convinced, but, but what can you do? But making these beats, it was so fair. Every night, I would make it. I would make it. I would make it. And my mom would get up in the morning, and she would make sure it's in the right order, the way it's supposed to be, and she would keep an accounting. Ten cents for every beat. I loved it. I loved it so much that I would make it sometimes till one or two o'clock in the morning. I loved it because it was always fair. Often we forget because Paul is saying, hey, church, Brothers and sisters, do you know that everything you sow will be fairly accounted for? How you sow your time, your energy, your gifting or your talent or your leadership or in today's context, your money or your finances, it will be fairly accounted for. You don't reap what you do not sow. So Paul is saying, sow abundantly and you'll be reaping in abundance as well. A lot of times we talk about spiritual giants because all of us, we want to be spiritual giants. We're like, we are going to be spiritual giants and we're going to take down spiritual giants like David. But one thing that we forget is this. Spiritual giants are never placed into. They're simply unveiled. This is what I mean. A lot of young people as well, when I get to that position, when I get to that placement of leadership, I'm going to be slaying giants. I'm going to be a spiritual giant myself. But no, you're never placed into that place. You're just simply unveiled when the time is right. Because remember David, when he was in the field, when no one was watching, he was slaying bear and the lions. With that faith, he came out when Goliath was in front of him. When no one was listening, he was sing in the fields by himself and worshiping Jesus, worshiping the Lord by himself. And later, he found that the whole country will be singing his psalms, or even us to this day will be singing his songs. So the giant is simply unveiled. You want to be a giant? What are you sowing today right now? What are you sowing? Because it is simply unveiled when the time is right. When you're ready. When God says, this is your time. But you've always been my son. You've always been the spiritual giant that I made you to be. I know no one is acknowledging you or no one seems to see you right now. But you're a spiritual giant in my eyes. And I'm going to unveil you when the time is right. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And in his time, he's going to lift you up. Psalm 126, 6 says like this. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy. Everyone say shouts of joy. Bringing his sheep with him. What are you sowing? Because everything you sow will be fairly accounted for. Now then, how should we sow and what should we sow? How should we sow and what should we sow? We should sow in love. We should sow in love and we should sow love because God rewards those who sow out of love. Verse 7, let's go to verse 7. Each one, Paul's going to continue and say this, each one must do, must do just as he has purposed in his what? In his heart. In his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Loves cheerful giver. In heart, cheerful giver. God loves. This is all love language. Money, stewardship, giving is never a money issue. It's always love issue. When we talk about stewardship at church, we're not talking about money per se. We're talking about what is in my heart and in your heart. Because where your money is, is your heart as well. 
My two nephews that we love, me and my wife, we love dearly, they live in France. So we don't get to see them as much as we would like to see them. You know, it would be great if they just live next door, like, I don't know, South Riding or Centerville, but they're far away. When they're four and two, we got to fly out and say, hey, we're going to go visit you. And being the cool, awesome, and an amazing uncle that I am, I call them up. We call them up, really. My wife did, but I'm just trying to take the credit, which I shouldn't. I'm sorry, Lord. We call them up, and we ask them this question. What do you want? What you want? You got it. Whatever you want, you got it. And he got so excited. He said, I love jelly beans. Get me some jelly beans from USA. Jelly beans from USA. He got super excited. So we went to the store. We bought this big box, 50 wonderful flavors of jelly beans. We flew out, gave it to him. He was super excited. He was ready to devour the whole thing in that setting right there. His mom stepped in and she said this wisely. She said this, not now, son, but after dinner and only after you have dinner. Parents, how many times have you said that? After dinner, you get to pick three every night. He still got excited. Three is better than none, so he got excited. We had dinner. Now it was jelly bean time. You know what he did? He, he ran around the room for 10 minutes yelling, jelly bean, jelly bean. He got excited. 10 minutes, jelly bean. It's jelly bean time. He just ran around the room. I'm walking. He was running around. I'm just going slow for the camera person, but he was running around. Jelly bean, jelly bean. And he stood in front of the box, salivating. The, it, it was like a waterfall coming out of his mouth. He's salivating, smelling each different flavors, carefully even touching it. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be touching that germs and stuff. But he still touched it. And he picked three. And being the cool, awesome, wonderful uncle that I am, I asked him, can I have one? Come on, you've done that too. With your nephew, with your, with your, with your sons and you know, with your grandchildren, can I have one? He lovingly smiled and said no. <laughs> he said no. Ten days passed after that in our visit. We had some great time together. We went to the park. We played soccer, we made sandcastles, we went to the backyard, and we were just digging. I don't know why we're digging, but we're just digging. He's like, let's dig. I'm like, okay. And we started digging, and we would find worms in the ground, and he gets super excited, throwing at his little sister, so we had a lot of fun. And we did some educational things as well. We went to the museum, and then all that good stuff. We just fell in love with each other. It was great. And 10th night, dinner, jelly bean time, salivating, waterfall, smelling, picking. He picked three. He got three. And asked him the same question. Hey, can I have one too? He smiled. And he said, yes. And he gave me one. One out of three. More than tithing. One out of three. (laughs) 33.333%. Gave one to me. Man, my heart was filled with love and joy. It was just overflowing with love and joy. And through that moment, God spoke to me and said, June, do you know why your heart was overflowing with love and joy when he gave gave you that jelly bean? It's not because you got that jelly bean. It's because you received his love, wasn't it? And I said, Daddy, you're right. You know, I am the same way with you. When you give, I receive love. You know, our father does not need our money. He really doesn't. He does not need our jelly bean. He, everything came from him anyway, but he desires our love. He desires our affection. He desires our 
heart. A lot of times, a lot of Christians, when we talk about finances and stewardship, get uncomfortable. But here at Grace, we love you too much to not talk about finances because we're not talking about money. We're talking about the protection and safety and building and edifying of our hearts and your heart. That's why we talk about stewardship and finances because he desires our love. You know, a lot of times we think our motivations can be vacuum. Our motivations, our heart is never vacuum. We find in the verse that you're going to either give in joy or out of grudge. There's no neutral ground. Your heart is never neutral. You're going to give out of gratitude or you're going to give out of complaint. You're going to give out of love or out of law. It's a heart issue. And isn't it true that whoever you're giving to most right now, that's the place or the person that you love the most right now. So we're just encouraging each other saying, let's love the Lord more. Let's love your church family and the world and the city a little more. Let's love the kingdom a little more. That's what we are talking about when it comes to stewardship. And lastly, I close with this. God, our Father, exemplifies the perfect giving. God, our Father, he exemplifies the perfect giving. He's the one that exemplifies the perfect giving. A lot of Christians think, you know what, grace is free. Let's read verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. We look at grace and say, you know what, grace is free. No, grace might be freely given, but grace is never free. Just like in the natural realm, in the spiritual realm as well, nothing in the spiritual realm is free. Someone paid for it and gave it to us for free. That's what we talk about when we talk about grace. And that's what Paul is referring to. You know how you and I can give in that love, in that good status of our hearts, it's because we know his love and how he gave. Because for our sins and our brokenness, our loneliness and our gruesomeness, our damnation, Christ died for us. He paid on the cross with every last drop of his blood and his sweat, going through the most gruesome pain and the total separation, physical and spiritual, from his father which was the most painful thing for him. And he paid for us with that. Grace is not free. It is freely given. Feel free to do your New Testament study. You'll never find grace is free. You'll find grace is freely given. As we meditated on that and as we think about how we were bought and how we were given freely and the affection and the love of the Father that he has for us, the compassion and the love and the goodness that flows over and over and over and never stops as we meditate and stay there, that is when our hearts shift to change. And our heart shifts and it changes and we start to give out of love. And out of the love, we will be rewarded because we're giving in love. I close with 2 Timothy 4.8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also all who are loving his appearance. Would you close your eyes? I want us to take a couple of minutes just to reflect on our hearts right now.
Just our heart. As you came to worship today, this morning, and as you just gave as well, and I'm not just talking about finances, where is your heart, where is my heart? That's the question. So let's just pray that the Holy Spirit illuminate things in our hearts. Father, please do change our hearts because this is love issue. This is not a money issue. Let us give out of joy. Let us give out of love. Let us give out of gratitude, I pray.